What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Today, we're going to be having a heart-to-heart talk. It's not what you think. You'll find out in just a bit. Let's go. How are you doing, everybody? How are you guys doing at home? You're obviously stuck at home unless, of course, you're fully vaccinated, exercising your rights, going to the uh, stalls to dine in, which I highly don't suggest. But then again, go out and get vaccinated. It's uh, weird times we're in because, yep, cases are going up, but we're all still staying home, uh, making sure we're close to our loved ones. And uh, I, I believe that we're more than 500 days ever since the lockdown or some sort of lockdown. Uh, I myself uh, have seen myself go wider, but I think like uh, if it's one thing that we've always take, uh, we've actually taken more uh, aware of uh, with regards to our own well-being, it's basically staying healthier when you're at home. It's just because you're staying at home, not going out and do your usual stuff. You know, you'll be healthier. No, that's not that's not quite the case. I've been doing a lot of uh, topics about health and self-care, but today I'm joined by the very special guest because you know it's it's it's. It's a good topic that I want to get into. It's a heart-to-heart talk. But before we move on, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to give a big warm welcome. He is a doctor because, you know, when you talk about health, it's always good to have a doctor. Lah. You know, don't have some fellow who tries to be smart, but, you know, don't know what they're saying. But, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. We have Dr. Aslanev Roslan. Welcome. Hello. How are you, doctor? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. Lah. You know, um, I mean... It's the wrong question to ask you, you know, how is it staying at home? Because you're a frontliner, you know, you're a doctor, yep. you're obviously still yep. working. So yep. things are pretty are much normal. In that way. Yep. Yeah, but how's it, how's it been for you? you know, how, how, how has things changed? Uh, actually, you know, before we get to that, for the benefit of our listeners who are listening right now, could you please explain to them, you know, what it is you do? Ma, I'm Dr. Aslani Froslan. I'm a cardiologist in the National Heart Institute. Uh, I, my specialty is the heart, so the working of the heart. And I also uh, look into the valve, valvular heart disease, and also the wall of the heart, basically. Yeah. All pretty boring stuff. <laughs> pretty boring stuff, you may say, but it is the one thing that basically runs the whole entire body, the main engine, as one would yep, say. Yep. So how, how, yep. has, how has things changed, you know, ever since the pandemic? Obviously, like the way you treat patients or you consult people is a lot different from before. I mean, we are getting way more busy than before, mm. uh, treating way more patients. Uh, basically, a lot of hospital in Malaysia now are just concentrating on COVID. Yep. So we are in IGN, uh, are lucky in a way because we can still concentrate on heart right. uh, disease. So a lot of other hospital, uh, they give the patients or the heart patient to us, the government hospital, yep. so that we can continue treating heart patients because you see, heart disease doesn't disappear with COVID. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, people are more aware now um, because of COVID-19 that they need to take care of their health. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we are more busy now. Uh, we tend to see patients with our, you know, new attire now, oh. with our masks and our gloves and everything. Um, yep, more busy. But we are used to it. As you said, there are many hundred days since we are under lockdown. Yeah, so like almost, almost like it. what? 560 days or even more? 500 yeah. plus. Lah. I won't say in exactly how much, but more than 500 days. Yep, yep. So, I mean, sometimes I was wondering like how, how other people can cope. Be, I can cope because I can go to work. I can mm-hmm. meet my colleagues at work. I don't, I'm not trapped at home, you know, so mm-hmm. I can do the thing that I love the most. 
I mean, and I don't know how other people cope. I, I think the people out there, uh, I think most people are talking about frontliners. Yes, they are doing a great job. Yep. But uh, people that have to remember as well, a lot of people that are stuck at home, I don't think it's easy. Yeah, it, it's, it's very tough, whether it's physically or mentally. And you know, yep. I think with, with, with the outcome of this pandemic, right, a lot of people are a little bit, are, I won't say a little bit, are, are well more aware about mental well-being. Because that's like mm-hmm. obviously one thing that people kind of lack away from, you know. They're always yep. like, oh, yep. you have to exercise for your physical well-being so that, you know, you can yeah. you can get the good blood flow. But, you know, oftentimes people tend to yeah. always neglect the, the mental well-being. But you know, I want to share a little story that that um, that that I, I, I once experienced. And, you know, when mm-hmm. I was approached to, to talk about uh, this topic together with you, I was like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's actually a very good opportunity to ask all the questions I wanted to ask. Now, you know, all of us uh, basically serve Facebook, right? Yeah, <laughs> we scroll every night before we go to bed. For me, uh, you know, apart from the memes and the videos and the uh, and the cooking videos and uh, whatever, uh, I think a friend's uh, Facebook post, no picture, no nothing, just words caught my attention, and and he was basically talking about you know how uh, one day he was just doing his normal thing, and all of a sudden he felt his right side of his face like completely numb, and he lost mm-hmm. control of his arm, and he basically yep. lost control of his whole body, and he didn't know what was going on. He was yep. at work, yeah. He was going to work. Yep. It's not that he was at home yep. or anything. This is a guy who is, I wanted to say, super buff, like goes to the gym and really healthy, nor is he someone who is like super unhealthy, who doesn't take care of his weight or doesn't take care of anything. He is your normal average guy. Mm-hmm. And that's where he, okay, like he's about, I would say that he's about maybe 35 and up, lah, closing, closing on to about 40s. Lah. And he talked about how he actually uh, was having a stroke, a mild stroke or, or whatever he said. You know, he was lucky. He was rushed to the hospital, but after that, you know, going through a lot of um, post, uh, uh, I'm not sure, the treatments, you know, you have to do a lot of things because apparently he lost um, function in some parts of his body. So he had to learn how to walk again. He had to learn how to grab things again. And I mean, he's functioning fully normal right now, but it changed the whole perspective of his life, thinking that, hey, I'm an average guy. I don't smoke, okay? I don't uh, eat unhealthily. I am, say, I'm a moderately okay person. How did I get this? Stroke, why, you know? So a lot of people tend to always think that um, heart disease or heart failures, all right, tend to only resonate well for the older generation. I mean, what's your thought about that? I mean, not, not, not really. Uh, probably as a cardiologist, I'm a bit biased because I see so many people with heart problems. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I see people in their teens getting heart attack, okay? And it is not unusual for people in their 20s and 30s to get heart attack and I see him in IJN all the time. Wow. So it is not only the disease of the elderly. Obviously, the older you are, the more likely for you to have heart problems or heart failure. Mm-hmm. But it does happen to the young um, and it's particularly uh, harrowing when it happens to the people that are you know, pretty young and don't have enough time to live their life, you know, mm-hmm. to have fun, to enjoy their life yet. Yeah, and, and, and okay, so there are a few different heart conditions. Like there is heart failure and there's heart attack, there's stroke, yep. there's a lot of these things. So are they all the same or are they different? They, they, are, they, are, they are a bit different. They are the same, but they are different in a way. So mm-hmm. basically, heart failure is the inability. So your heart, the job is to pump the blood around the body, right? Yes, yes. Now, once your heart loses that ability or the ability to do that has weakened, mm-hmm. so that is what we call as heart failure. Okay, right. So the heart is unable to pump blood around the body or even if they are able to pump the blood around the body, they do this at the expense of increase in pressure inside the heart. Right. So they are able to pump the blood but the 
pressure inside the heart becomes so high that the patient have shortness of breath, difficulty breathing. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I, th- I would say that the cardinal symptoms or the cardinal presentation of heart failure mm-hmm. is difficulty in breathing. Now, right. heart failure is uh, an accumulation of event. Right. So heart failure is sort of an end point of many different things. Mm-hmm. So there are many different ways you can get heart failure, which is the inability of your heart to pump blood. Mm-hmm. And one of the commonest way to get heart failure is heart attack. Right. Okay, oh. and heart attack is basically, uh, to be simple, there are three main blood vessels that supply blood to your heart. Yeah. Right. Whenever you have one of those occluded 100%, that is when you get a heart attack. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you get a heart attack and you didn't go to hospital straight away, mm-hmm. and later the muscle of your heart will die, and then you will get heart failure. Right. You got me? I see. And I that's see. not the only way. That is the commonest way to get heart failure, but that is not the only way. There are many, many different ways. So, for example, if you have uncontrolled diabetes or uncontrolled hypertension, you can have heart failure at the end. Mm-hmm. That's another common way in Malaysia. And for young people, um, funnily enough, Majority of the time, like for example, if you are 20s and 30s, yep. and then you come to the hospital, and then I say, why, why your heart is weak? Mm. A lot of the time, we don't know what is the reason. Okay? okay. So we assume that they probably have some viral infection that they don't realize, and then that viral infection go to their heart, right. and then finally it manifests as heart failure. Mm-hmm. So there are many, many different reasons of heart failure. Right. But for all intents and purposes, I think for the purpose of today's conversation, in Malaysia at least, if you think about you are elderly, One is heart attack or coronary artery disease, yep. problem with the vessels of the heart. Number two is uncontrolled diabetes or uncontrolled hypertension. Mm-hmm. And if it's the young, is probably viral infection. And a lot of the time, we don't know what is the reason patients having heart failure. Okay. But again, I think to reiterate to the answer to the question, what is heart failure? That is just the inability of to the heart to pump again blood sufficiently. Right. So the heart, you know, we can weep. So that's why we call it heart failure. Yeah, and. and For me, uh, I always assume that when people tend to always realize that something is wrong with their heart, right? It's always at the last straw. It's like, oh, you know, it's like you prevent. Okay, they always say that prevention is better than cure. Don't wait until something bad happens to you. Then you're like, oh, okay, I should do this right now. I mean, like, uh, again, look, man. I mean, yes, we do have have uh, news of the elderly is having heart problems. And yep. then, you know, they start having uh, treatment and medication. And then, of course, you know, yep. they, they control... But you're having yeah. a lot of younger people who, look, I mean, we, we have read in the news that sometimes a, a really physically fit person who goes to the gym, like I read the news before, um, but the thing is, I will always take the headlines on the news with a pinch of salt lah, because sometimes they sensationalize uh, the yeah. headlines just that you click. Like I read uh, an, uh, one article once where there was this person who basically had a heart attack or heart failure yep. Yep. while running on the treadmill. So it, I mean, that. That is totally, you know, that is totally familiar with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have, I have seen, I have heard so many stories. It sounds dramatic, you know. You think like, you know, people are sensationalized, sensationalized stuff, but it is really true. Right. So I'll give you an example of one patient of mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he is in his forties, right? right? So he actually come to IJN to pick medication for his mother. Right. And at the morning, at about 10 a.m., he was running in the gym. Okay, mm-hmm. so he feel a little bit of uncomfortable in his chest. He didn't think it is anything. It's probably just gastric. Mm-hmm. So he go to the hospital to get medication for his mother. Yep. But suddenly he have a massive chest pain and he collapsed. Oh. So he, when he was taking blood for his mother, he collapsed and he have a massive heart attack. So even though he's at IGN at the time, unfortunately, the heart attack is in the very, very mass, big vessel at the beginning of the heart. 
and the occlusion is very proximal and uh, we, uh, we we don't manage to to save him unfortunately oh. it's just that he take the medication at about 2 p.m. for his mother and yep. when he was at gym when he first feel the pain was at 10 a.m. right so if he were to go at 10 a.m. we would have saved his life um, wow. so unfortunately a lot of people uh, wait until it's too long um, I just want to say that if you have chest pain don't take it lightly don't ever ascribe it to gastric first mm-hmm. always go to the health professional and get an electrocardiogram so if you go to your GP right and mm. then you insist Just say I really want you to do electrocardiogram because that is how we diagnose heart attack. It is very cheap, just a ink and a paper, yes. basically, and insist on that. If you think something is you know not quite right, don't say that it is just gastric. Okay. Uh, in fact, in the in the states, the most common uh, litigation issues or problem with doctors is misdiagnosis of heart attack as gastric or gastritis. Oh, okay. Yeah, but what about okay? You see the ten the ten. The tendencies of people always having chest pains, the first thing they do is not go see a doctor. They'll go yep. to another doctor and the doctor's called Google. <laughs> and why I have chest pain left of chest top bottom, top top corner of collarbone. And you know, they'll start yeah. trying to and all of a sudden and the results will all come out. You might have this, 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 and that's it. You know, you go like crazy, like, okay, what do I do? But you it's fun, it's 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 cool that you mentioned ECG. I, I remember bringing my mom to go to Haggad. It's called an ECG, right? Electrocardiogram test. Yep. Is that the is that test the only test that uh you do in order to determine whether there's something wrong with your heart? No, there's there's many different tests. Okay, mm-hmm. but the the beautiful thing about that test is that is the test or the test that mm-hmm. you use to diagnose heart attack. Okay. Oh. So that is you know once if let's say someone have chest pain and it come to emergency department in IJN, right? And they have chest pain, I only need to look at their electrocardiogram to know. If they're having heart attack or not, there is certain changes there that tell me that he's having or he or she mm-hmm. is having heart attack, and I need to do something right now. Right. Okay. So that how sim how a, such a simple test can tell you someone is having heart attack or not. But again, I want to differentiate heart attack with heart failure. Yes. Yes. So heart attack is the moment when the heart the vessel is 100% occluded. Heart failure is different. Heart failure is the sequelae, what happened afterward. So I give you an example. Uh, maybe you late going to the doctor. Yep. Or number two is you had a heart attack, you don't realize it, and yep. then after that maybe you go to doctor three or four years after that, and you have this developing shortness of breath and your heart becoming weak. So in order to diagnose that, then we have to use different modalities. You see. I see. So we can diagnose heart attack with electrocardiogram, but that is not enough. So if you don't have heart attack, again you still can have heart failure, but mm-hmm. because of other reason. Right, right, right. So, in order to do that, I think one of the the, the most important modality that we have is what we call an echocardiogram. Mm-hmm. So, echo echocardiography is actually a scan of the heart. It's just an ultrasound scan of the heart. Where they put the jelly, right? Yeah. I'm sure maybe you had on your stomach or someone have had jelly on their stomach, and then they put a probe, and then you can see, you know, oh babies. Yeah, yeah. You know, in movies they show babies. So that's the, exactly how they do it, but they do it on your heart. Mm-hmm. So that is the main modality to diagnose heart failure, because when you use that, you can look at the heart to see whether it's pumping normally or not. Right. So whether it's weak or not. So I just give. I don't want to give number. I don't want to confuse people. But I'll give number anyway. Mm-hmm. So basically, 
if you want to take normal, the heart should pump about 50% of its capability. Okay, yep. that is considered normal. Yep. It varies a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if let's say you will do the scan and your heart is below that percentage, for example, 45 or 40. So that is what we call heart failure. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pump like it used to. So when we do ultrasound, so that is one of the main way that we can detect heart failure. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, okay, what like... When someone okay, when you mention heart attack, then heart attack leads to to heart failure. Yep. Can someone have a heart attack and they don't realize it, but they just go on with their daily lives and yes. then? So that means like okay, sorry, I cor- I mean like please correct me if I'm wrong. You know we watch yep. movies. Yep. The minute they say heart attack, everybody like ah, faint into the ground yeah. straight away, and next thing you know they are in the hospital. Yep. So if I'm trying to understand you correctly, uh, you could have a heart attack and not even realize it. Yes. And then go yes. on with your daily lives, but. With you not checking, you could deteriorate through time. Correct. Correct. Oh, wow. I mean, it doesn't happen often. So, I mean, most commonly, it happens with chest pain. Yes. But certainly, it can present atypically. Okay, people with diabetes, yeah. uh, as an example, usually, they can present without any chest pain. So, we call it a silent heart attack. Okay, oh. so some people that come to my hospital and I look at the heart and the heart is weak and then suddenly they told me, yeah, doctor, like a few months ago, I have this pain. I thought it was nothing. Okay. So then I look at the electrocardiogram and said, yeah, yeah, you had a have heart attack previously that you didn't notice that you have it. Okay. Right. So another way is sudden onset of shortness of breath. Some people can present as fatigue. They feel suddenly very tired. Some people mm-hmm. can present with just a profuse sweating, you know, don't know for whatever reason, they suddenly sweat a lot. So there's yes. many different reasons. And that's why it's very, very important to have a regular checkup or regular screening, you know, regular checking of your blood pressure, regular checking of your blood sugar, mm. and maybe every once in a while, you know, see a cardiologist and check your heart. Wow. Okay. That's so, wow. <laughs> so, because every time somebody says like, oh no, go do a doctor checkup, they just go there, take blood, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, actually, to be honest, a very big percentage of Malaysians, right? All don't want to do doctor's checkup because they're always afraid of the results. My, yep. Myself, I, me, I myself mean, I'm included. I'm afraid of the results. I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid of the results. You're not, you're, I mean... <laughs> so, like, like, okay, so that means you're trying, you're, what you're trying to say is heart, that means like when you do a doctor's checkup, cardiology should be a normalized thing when you go and do your full body checkup. Exactly. I oh, mean... Wow. I mean, people say uh, above 40. So, I mean, I would agree with that because always we have to balance the cost and the benefit and the risk, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to waste so much money, you know. I mean, we don't want to screen everyone every month. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I would say that maybe after 40 years old, probably once a year, you have you have to do some health screening. You right. Know? And maybe every three years or so, you need to see a cardiologist just to have a check of your heart. Basically, it's just because that the cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in Malaysia. Number two is cancer. So most probably, right. people will die because of cardiovascular disease. So I think it makes sense, you know, to see cardiologists, you know, uh, sometimes in their life. Right, right. So, okay, then what about a stroke though? Like, like okay, so when the... Okay, so now we're talking about heart attack. Then we're talking about heart failure. And then, you know, the the, the, the Facebook post that I read, you know, oh, I had a stroke. So, so, so what's the difference? Is stroke, in a way, correlated to any of these two? Yep. So basically, when we, you know, when we're talking about heart attack, we're talking about stroke, we're talking about the disease of the blood vessels, right? So just imagine it's this way. You have blood vessels to your brain, you have blood vessels to your kidney, you have blood vessels to your heart. Your blood vessel to the heart block, you have a heart attack. Blood vessel to your brain block, you have a stroke. 
Okay, and blood vessel to the kidney block, you have a kidney failure. Yep. So stroke is basically exactly the same of, as heart attack. It's just that the organ is different. So the organ now that is affected is the brain. But oh. they yeah, and they share a common risk factors. Okay, your diabetes, your high blood pressure, your high cholesterol, mm -hmm. all work together and they either manifest as heart attack or they manifest as stroke. So when we say cardiovascular event, we are talking with basically heart attack, stroke, heart failure, all this in a group. Wow. Okay. You're getting me a bit worried lah. Because, you know, once in a while, I do get like chest, not, not chest pain, but like aching pain lah, you know? Right. So like for me, okay. Then how, when should someone actually go and get checked? Like for me, it's like, yeah, I get pain, but it's not like super pain until like I want to die like that. Okay, pardon how I'm saying it. But it's like, you know, like it's like, like a sharp pain, like a needle yeah. in the chest like that. And then you'll be like, oh, is it like a muscle? Is it because, you know, I did like 50 push-ups a day? No, I didn't lah, but it still aches a little bit. And then after that, a few days later, it, it's fine. Is that a sign that you should go get checked up? I, I, I don't mean to worry you. I'm, I've been smiling all the while, right? So <laughs> my purpose is not to worry you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's, the, that's the main mistake, basically, you know. Mm -hmm. You just have to check once, right? If you suddenly feel this pain after, for example, doing gym, right? Right. Just check once. I see. Check once just to make sure that that is not heart attack. You just go once and do your electrocardiogram, fine. The next time, if you feel the same kind of pain after gym, you already know. Yeah, I feel this before. Last time, I've already got it checked. That's not a heart attack. That's just normal muscle pain. So you, you already know it, okay? Wow. If it's come out of nowhere, it is not, you don't used to feel it, then get it checked. Okay. Okay, come for the first time, get it checked. Even though you think that it's nothing, get it checked. I see. Okay, what about those people who wear their 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 fitness watches that take their yeah. their 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 heart rate and stuff like that? You know, is that okay? So all these do these technologies and everything will assist to kind of diagnose. I know diagnose is the wrong word because a lot of these tech companies will always say that look, this mm. is this is never a diagnosis. This yep. is just sort of like you to kind of like like you know kind of be aware of what's going on with you lah. But what, yep. do, does all these like technologies actually help or should people use these to kind of help decide to whether they need to go and get checked up or not? I mean, I would say that you have to go to a doctor, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, but I think the te technology helps. It definitely helps. And mm -hmm. I think recently they have this e electrocardiogram, I yep. think from Apple, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think they are validating it. I think there's some papers that's coming out. So I think we shouldn't be afraid or scared of using technology to, for our benefit. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I think we are not at a stage yet where, whereby that you can diagnose heart attack or you can diagnose heart failure by yourself. Definitely not yet. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe in the future, but not yet. You have at the moment, at least you have always to see a doctor. Right. Uh, you can have this gadget. For example, you now have this uh, blood pressure machine that is definitely useful for you to measure blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. And the heart rate is very accurate. Mm -hmm. So normal heart rate is between 60 to 80 beats per minute. Yeah. Funny enough, a lot of people uh, with heart failure, the heart rate is a bit on the high side. Mm. But if let's say your heart rate is more than 120, that is, you know, obviously abnormal. That yes. will prompt you to see go doctors, right? right? So it is useful, definitely, but I can't use that to, to diagnose uh, illness. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. One of the, you know, uh, one of the things you mentioned about how, pe uh, you mentioned diabetics, uh, you know, yep. quite often. Yeah. Because like, uh, you know, when you, when I, I've read up about diabetics before, my mom, my mom's a diabetic. So, yeah, um, I'm you know, a diabetic. Uh, so they, they, I've read before they said that, you know, diabetics, some of the long-term symptoms would actually lead to heart complications. Yeah. So would you, would you actually uh, encourage people who are diabetic to get, uh, screened or checked up uh, more regular than the average person who is not De having diabetic. Def 
Definitely. I mean, okay. these, these three things, hypertension, diabetes, and high cholesterol, they need to be checked up more often. So by, by definition, if you have diabetes, I mean, I, I hardly, probably 99 of 10 patients with diabetes already have some sort or a little bit of damage to their heart. Mm -hmm. Not exactly heart failure, but we are need to be really careful with those with uh, diabetes so mm -hmm. on average um, they get heart attack much more common than uh, normal people yep. um, and their lifespan if you are diabetic and you are uncontrolled is shorter by about 12 years compared oh. to normal population wow. so your diabetes your hypertension that is one of the highest risks for you to get heart failure mm -hmm. whether or not you get a heart attack you know you don't need to right. get a heart attack if your diabetes is not well controlled after a while you have heart failure if your hypertension doesn't have it's not well controlled after a while you have heart failure even mm -hmm. without having a heart attack right now okay what uh which okay i want to ask this because every time when we talk about heart problems right everybody always is afraid particularly me pardon yeah. my 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 lack of understanding every time you talk yeah. about heart problems right the minute you think of is operation yeah. straight away okay <laughs> so like maybe maybe like you know what are some of the the treatments that you know one has one will go through when they have heart complications after is it always uh, surgery okay let me let me bring you through a through a, a story of for a hypothetical person, okay, that yep. have a heart attack, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say uh, this guy at 34 years old, suddenly while playing golf and then suddenly develop this chest pain, yep. okay? And then after one hour, the chest pain doesn't go away and then he was bring to IJN, yes. right? That obviously we do an electrocardiogram. Mm -hmm. So when we do an electrocardiogram, we see that there is what we call an heart acute heart attack, okay? We doctors right. call it an ST elevation myocardial infarction, okay? Yes. The best treatment for ST elevation myocardial infarction is what we call primary angioplasty. So it sounds um, high, you know, high technical, <laughs> but it's just a balloon and right. a stand. So basically, this hypothetical patient go to IJN. Yep. I see the patient. I said, yes, you had a heart attack. Yep. So immediately at the time, I will bring them to the cath lab. So cath lab is slightly below the operating theater. Yeah. So I will wear just like what you wear in the operating theater. Yep. But the difference is you'll be awake. Alright, I won't cut you big, right? I just puncture just like a normal injection. Right. But then I will put a wire inside your hand or in your leg. Mm -hmm. And the wire will go through your to your artery all the way into your heart. You wouldn't feel anything when the wire go through, by the way. Oh. <laughs> so you don't you know, I'm not trying to scare you. The only pain that you feel is when I puncture your 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 hand. Right. But I'll put some, you know, some some anal anesthetic. I right. See. And then when the wire go in into your heart, you won't feel a thing except for the heart attack that you've been having. Yes. So what happened is I will pass that 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 vas that 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 uh, that tube is near your heart. Yep. Then I will pass a wire into these three vessels, right? You have either one or one out of these three vessels. Then I will see the blockage. I will take a picture. Okay, I see the blockage. Then what I'll do is I will pass a wire, I will cross that blockage, and then after that, if I see clots, I will suck the clots out. Oh. Then after that, I will balloon that area that is blockage so that I will slam whatever uh, plug, whatever obstruction to the wall. Right. All right. And then I will put a stand just to put it in place. Okay. okay? So that's basically it. You come with 100% blockage. You come to IJN. I bring you to the cath lab. Right. I take, I'll take a picture. There is 100% blockage. Yep. I put a wire. I put a balloon. I open it up. I put a stand. That's it. Okay. okay? It can be done from... 30 minutes to, you know, more complicated, it can go to up one hour, one and a half hours. Okay. But basically, that is the best, best treatment for heart attack. Right. Right. Okay. What is what we call angiogram and angioplasty, basically. So angiogram right. is just taking the picture 
and angioplasties, but basically ballooning and stenting. So that's what I do to make sure that right? the flow is better, lah. Is yep, it? Yep, yep, yep. It's just you know when you have heart attack, you have you have to understand it's just 100%. percent. There is no flow in one mm-hmm. of the vessel. Yes, All yes. Right? It's like cut off. There's nothing. That's why you have that chest pain. So what I do is I open up the vessel. I see. Easy, based, I mean, not that easy, but just <laughs> passing a wire. All right, and then the wire will go through that blockage. And mm-hmm. while you, the wire go through that blockage, usually you will have a little bit of blood flow already. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I will suck blood out through yes. your hand. All right, and then after that, I will balloon it. And then I'll put a stand, and it will look like just brand new. I mean, at the end of the the procedure, if you yep. see the picture before and after, you can actually see what's happening. Right. Okay, okay. So that is the journey that we're going to. So that's one of the treatments. So let's say you come a little bit late, right? You come four hours after heart attack. Okay. So that's a bit late, meaning that there is a certain amount of heart muscle that is already dead. That I, you know, if the heart muscle is already dead, I cannot save it. I can only save a muscle that is still alive. Right. Got it. Got it. So that after four hours, you come a little bit too late. Then after that, your heart pumping might be a little bit less good compared to before. Okay. Like before you come, normal is more than 50%. And now finally, it's maybe become 35%, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now we are going into that phase of heart failure. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, this heart failure will no longer manifest commonly as chest pain. Now the patient will start having shortness of breath. Right. Because the heart can no longer pump blood around the body, right? Okay. So now there are other treatment that come into play. That's right. So at first for heart failure is we treating the cause of heart failure. Okay. So if you have heart attack, we open the heart. Yep. If let's say you are diabetic, we control the diabetic. You have high blood pressure, we control the blood pressure. That second stage, after you are already been diagnosed as heart failure, yep. and we can no longer treat the cause, now we wanted to treat the heart itself. Right. So there are few different medications that we use to do this. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this is, Once you were diagnosed as heart failure patient, yeah. you have to accept that you have to take a certain number or certain cocktail of medications lifelong. Right. So basically, that this medication you taken until I mean until you die basically. Yeah. And you shouldn't be afraid of this medication because heart failure is not a death sentence. Right. Okay. Obviously, you have to take medication, but you can still live and enjoy your life. Okay. Taking medication is better than being dead. Obviously, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. So. There are a cocktail of medication that you need to take, and you obviously still need to control your diabetes and high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the moment there are four types of medication that has proven benefit right. to treat patient with heart failure and weak heart. And this cocktail of medication, if the patient continue taking it, the chances of recovering that lost heart fun- function is pretty high. Okay, someone can become. Normal again, it is possible, and it's all oh. possible also. Maybe they start with probably 35% of function, mm-hmm. but it goes up to 45%. Right. Start with shortness of breath, but finish with no shortness of breath. Okay. Start with unable to go out, enjoy, and finish with able to do this, but they have to take certain medication lifelong. But obviously, they have to realize this soon enough, lah, that their you know their heart heart is about to fail and stuff. So you you did mention shortness of breath. What are the more obvious ones to realize that you know you're gonna be you know you're kind of like suffering from heart failure? You're about to suffer from heart failure. What are some of the biggest symptoms? Like most common like thing I, that, like I said, the most common, the biggest, biggest, biggest symptom is shortness of breath. Shortness okay? of breath. Okay. If you find out that you know normally you can walk uh, up one one flight of stairs, two flight of stairs, no problem, and then suddenly one flight of stairs and you start having shortness of breath. Usually started like that. Okay. Right. Not shortness of breath at rest, and uh, when it become worse. 
And suddenly, even to go shower, you know, you feel, oh, why I'm so tired, even going to shower, even mm-hmm. you know, going uh, across the room in the house. That that is a bit more worse than before. So okay. it start gradually, maybe starting with, oh, I can't run like I did before. Okay. Then it goes to, I cannot go up the stairs like I did before. Then it goes to, oh, I cannot. I mean, you don't wait until it go to that to that stage. Okay, you but, can't but even do a little bit. But will this Continue? be complemented? But will this be complemented with pain or not? Okay, like you did mention, like you know, I walk up two mm. flights of stairs, no problem. Then after yeah. that, I walk up one flight of stairs, you know, yep. I feel shortness of breath. Will this yep. be complemented with pain? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, sometimes, okay. but most of the time, okay, once you have passed that period of heart attack, mm-hmm. you no longer having pain. What oh. you have now is shortness of breath. But okay, that is the most common one. But of course. The way to understand it is like when you have heart failure, mm-hmm. you are unable to pump the blood all over your body. So pump the blood to your brain, pump the blood to your lung, mm-hmm. pump the blood to your kidney. So not only you having shortness of breath, you also feel very tired. So fatigue, not just shortness of breath, but feel very tired. And you feel like there's a fog in your brain. So your your thinking also becomes slow. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, when you look at, because now your heart cannot pump blood Efficiently, so yes. the blood is pulled or it accumulated at other side of your body. You start noticing that, eh, how come my leg is swollen, oh. right? And then after that, maybe in a in a more advanced stage, the water actually accumulate in your stomach, and then like, oh wow, by my tummy is bigger than usual. I see. So that this is all is really a red flag. Okay, once you get a leg swollen, you got your stomach swollen. You got your shortness of breath. What other thing? You can have cough. Mm-hmm. So if you have cough and the cough is very frothy, you know, with like a pink colored sputum, mm-hmm. and people with heart failure because they cannot utilize energy efficiently, so they can have loss of weight. Right. So I think there's a lot of thing that I said just now. So let's like just to summarize it. So most importantly is obviously shortness of breath. Yeah. Then fatigue. Then after that, uh, your leg becomes swollen, your tummy becomes swollen. Okay, mm. and you can also have a fast heart rate and you also can pass out. So that is many symptoms, but I would just like to to really stress on shortness of breath, yes. sensation of fatigue, and right. also, uh, you know, fogginess or slowing in thinking. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I don't have shortness of breath yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm fine. Phew. But okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 as, as I said, you know, whenever we have interview with doctors, right, it's yeah. always uh, giving this scary things, you know, like people, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare people. I just want to people to have fun with their life, you know. I, I believe, uh, I believe the yeah. more, I, I always believe, right, the more you know, uh, the more it won't kill you. You, you yep. The more you know about something, it won't kill you. You know what right. I mean? Because you know how to react to su- to a True. reaction, and yeah, I like okay, is is heart failure a result of poor lifestyle, or is or is it poor lifestyle? Is it hereditary? You know, is it because of gene genetic okay. uh, stuff? So like what I said to you, there are myriads. Okay, there are literally hundreds of reasons of heart failure, mm-hmm. but because the most common cause is coronary artery disease, which is the blockage of your coronary arteries, right? I I, I think I said it many times yes. before. Yes. So obviously. The common cause of that is high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, overweight. So that is all that can be controlled. Lifestyle changes, right? Right. If you are overweight, lose your weight. And that is one of the most effective way to prevent from chronic illness. We know that if you are thin, you are you will live longer than other people, basically. Okay. Right. Okay. And then that's number one. Number two is regular screening. The problem with high blood pressure is you do not feel the high blood pressure. Mm. So if let's say I were giving talk to 100 people yeah. and I said, okay, let's just 100 of you take blood now. I'm okay. sure about 30 of them we have high blood pressure and they don't oh. know it. Oh, okay? wow. Okay. So I have said that about 30% of Malaysian adults have high blood pressure. And the scary thing is 
when we diagnose one person with blood pressure, there are another two that don't know that they have high blood pressure. You see mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not only that, once people have high blood pressure, they are very poorly controlled. So normal blood pressure should be below 130 over 80. Once it's more than 140 over 90, I consider someone have high blood pressure. Yep. And once they have high blood pressure, they have to have commitment to take medication to lower this blood pressure. Yep. And the control of the blood pressure is also lacking. Okay. okay. So uh, screen for your blood pressure, screen for your sugar. And once you get this condition, remember that hypertension and diabetes, this mm -hmm. is something that is manageable. I'm not mm. talking about pancreatic cancer, you know, when you get pancreatic cancer, basically, that is, you know, you can only have few months to live. That's it. Okay. So this is all manageable. You have many, many, many years to live still. Yes. And, and one of the most common question and slightly annoying question that I get is people ask, will this medication affect my kidney? Oh. Very common with blood pressure medication, very common with diabetic medication. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is this medication, not only that it won't affect your kidney, it actually will help your kidney. Okay, if right. you don't take this medication, your kidney will actually become worse. Okay. Okay. If you don't take the medication that the doctor prescribed for you, your heart failure will become worse. Oh. So, I mean, as we get older, we will get illness. Okay. I mean, right. we are not uh, made men of steel. We are not <laughs> made of steel. Yeah. Sooner or later, we will have illnesses. And sooner or later, we will have accept, to accept that we have to take medication. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. So, okay, do we, okay, we're talking about heart attack. I'm focusing more on heart failure. Do older people have a higher chance of heart failure than younger people or is it even across the board? No, it's not even, it's not even across the board. Okay. Definitely, as you get older, you are might more likely to have heart failure because it is accumulative, you see. Yep. Once you have high blood pressure, the longer you have it, the higher the risk of the plaque forming the higher the risk of having heart attack. So when you do an epidemiological study, definitely there is a linear increase. So if you are 50 years old, you are more likely to have heart failure than a 40, so on and so forth. Okay. Yep. And I would say that if you are 20, 30s, heart failure, it is happened, but it is not common. Okay. okay. So All if right. you have some little bit of shortness of breath and you are 20, 30 years old, get yep. it checked. Okay. But most probably it is not heart failure. It's probably just something else. Yeah, but so don't the, like, but don't use the excuse of ah yeah I'm too young to have a heart yep. failure la, You you are you are never too young to have heart failure. Unfortunately. I see. Yeah. So that mean, okay. So everybody should be just be more aware la. It, yep. It's like that. I think I feel that, like for me, I have not been told enough to go get screened. Like just like the other like two months ago. Uh, my wife was asking me to go get a doctor's checkup because you know, like, hey, let's just go get a doctor's checkup, lah. And I was like, oh, when was the last time you did a doctor's checkup? Two years ago. And I procrastinated for a month because I don't, lah, don't, lah. I what if my blood sugar is high? Because like my mom's diabetic, so she has like a meter that sometimes I go and break my finger just for fun, right? And then one day I tested that my sugar was actually a little high, about like six something. I mean, I was like, okay. oh, I I started getting like really really scared, and yep. I started exercising, and I started like you know. Because uh, like, I remember my, my, my sister-in-law said, hey, you know what, diabetic and long-term can have heart problems and stuff like that. And well, I mean, I'm glad to- Your auntie is really smart. <laughs> but I, I, I was glad to say that when, when I, I, well, I did the exercising and everything, uh, and I got my doctor's checkup and my, my blood was below six. So I was really, really happy. But I mean, like, it's good to know more about heart because I, I think uh, heart failure or you know, conditions of the heart is rarely talked about. It's more or less when you hear about it and it's the worst case scenario, you only hear about it. Oh, um, this person so-and-so 
passed away yep. because of a heart attack. Yeah. Yep. This so and so. It's it's all. It's never always like a a a matter of conversation. Hey, have you got yeah. your your heart checked up and stuff yep. like that? Have yep. you uh, witnessed all these type of things? Shortness of breath doesn't mean you got COVID. You know. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm not trying to sit, make fun of the situation, but yeah. because now we have COVID, right? The, the minute they say yeah. they have shortness of breath, uh, they'll start thinking like, oh, maybe you know, it's not. Is is not you know when I test negative? Oh, okay, I'm I'm not I'm not having COVID. Why yeah. do I have shortness of breath? You know what I mean? So, okay, it's at least something to learn to learn about. What about okay? What about this like? You know, you know how there's this trend going around right now because if you have shortness of breath, it automatically it kind of in a way means that you have less oxygen going around your body, right? Okay. So there's this thing that called the oximeter that people use right, right yep. now. Is yep. that a good tool also to kind of measure like uh, your? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good tool in COVID era because yep. uh, you know because of the, the the this phenomenon called happy hypoxia. So some people that have COVID they look fine, yep. but their oxygen is pretty low, and this is very dangerous. For some reason, these people doesn't really do well when they have you know, when they have COVID. Mm-hmm. But let's say in a in a world without COVID, uh, for yep. heart failure in terms of uh, using it to diagnose at home, I don't I don't really recommend it. it doesn't okay, really work. okay, all right. But what? Okay, so what if this? Okay, imagine the person doesn't use it to test COVID, and he realizes yep. that his blood oxygen is low. Does that yep. also correlate to pick up some problems with the heart as well? It's not doing, possible. Not functioning as it it's, should. Yeah, okay. definitely possible. I mean, in general, I mean, if you're healthy, your 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 saturation should be 94, 95 and above, ninety five percent and above. Right. So if that's below that, you know, you have to get it checked out. It's not necessarily yep. heart failure. though heart failure is one of the com- one of the commonest causes. It can be anything else. It can be lung problem. It can be asthma. It can be chronic obstructive. AV disease, it can be renal disease, it can be many, many different things. Right. So, I mean, if you have that kind of oxygen, usually you'll feel difficulty in breathing. Definitely. Yeah. Only when you have COVID, you don't feel that. So, that's why in the COVID era, it's a bit tricky. Right. So, I mean, I mean, and, and, and all, and all, and all, I will kind of summarize this, like, don't be an expert. If you feel any of the symptoms, like shortness of breath, like, you know, you're not functioning as 100% as you feel you would, go and get checked up. Definitely. By a specialist yep. such as yourself doctor doctor yes thank you so much for your time today i i i mean like uh i've learned a lot <laughs> right <laughs> you know right. these are the questions that i always want to ask like you know so maybe i should go get checked up you know just for for just to be reassured should. right yeah yes you should <laughs> definitely should but before we go i mean like you know would you like to say anything to our listeners yeah i mean uh those of you who are listening if you have chest pain please go and get it checked out and ask for electrocardiogram if you have shortness of breath, don't uh, just think that it will go away. Get it checked out. It's probably is nothing, but get it checked out by a cardiologist. And if you're worried about heart failure, you can log in to this website, www.spotlightonheartfailure.my. And mm-hmm. you can check it out, that website as well. There's a lot of inf- uh, useful information there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you doctor, so much. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we hope you guys have basically taken away something from this conversation today. Uh, I mean, I will be having more. I'll be more than happy to have more conversations about health and well-being in uh, on this uh, podcast channel. So, thank you so much for streaming. As remember, you can stream us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can stream us on Google Podcasts. You can stream us on Spotify. That's where most of you listeners do. Thank you so much, and make sure thank you you check out our socials. We'll speak to you guys next time. <laughs>